Hey, it's Jose Galison of No Way Jose. You can find me on the No Way Jose YouTube channel. You can also find me on just about all the major podcatchers on Odyssey as well. Today, my guest is Ashton Birdie. Uh, we're just going to be mostly just shooting the shit, just kind of talking about her, getting to know her. Uh, as always, I like money. I'm a capitalist through and through. Patreon.com, just No Way Jose 2020. Uh, check out Tops Lobster as well. He makes all the best fucking Liberty merch. Uh, he has some of my merch as well. He has damn near like anything you can think of. Not anything you think of, but you, I guarantee you'll find something you like. Uh, with that, let's go ahead and bring Ashton on. What's up? Hello, how are you? Good, good. Um, before we get into it, I kind of want you to intro yourself to my audience. <laughs> just, just a quick one. Obviously, this whole episode is sort of an intro for you. Uh, so if you could just give them a quick intro so people know who you are. Just like a quick little canned one, and then we'll go more expansive. I mean, I, I guess I'm a YouTuber. I talk about politics. I talk about culture. Uh, I am a sort of, I, I guess people want to call me an ANCAP libertarian. Uh, I guess I, I just call myself an anarchist, honestly. I don't really call myself much of anything else. I don't really see the difference between ANCAP or an ANCOM, to be honest. I just call myself an anarchist. Uh, but yeah, I have a YouTube channel, and I basically like to piss people off for a living. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, so I did want to start off just, I noticed you are a big Lord of the Rings fan, so... I mean, just for fun, I kind of want to shoot the shit about that. I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. I grew up reading it. I watched uh, Fellowship of the Ring and as a little kid, and then like from there, I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. And then before Two Towers came out, I had already read the entire trilogy. I read Silmarillion. I read Hobbit. I read a couple of the other ones. I forget, like the, the smaller books or like the like just the kind of little around the edges you know, information. Um, so yeah, I mean, you're kind of a woman under my own heart there. So I just I kind of <laughs> want to get like shoot the shit with you there for a minute. Uh, I mean, you you posted some shit about like Baron and Luthien, which is like the most <laughs> beautiful like love story in all of Silmarillion, but it's like at the same the time status. super super dope and manly too. So it's not you know what I mean like you don't have to feel like insecure as a dude about it if you're like that. You're like, well, this is dope, you know? Like I don't know it's so kick ass. Uh, I mean, I if I remember correctly, the whole story is that uh like Baron and Luthien. Baron's a boy, right? Or is it the other way around? I forget. Baron's a boy, Luthien's the girl. Yes. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because and I believe Baron is a man or he's a lower class elf. I can't remember. Um, no, he I believe he is a man. Actually, yeah, he is a man and Luthien is the elf. Yeah, and she's like a high elf. Because like a lot of people don't know yeah. about Lord of the Rings, is like there's different classes of elves, but he, she's like high elf. So this mm -hmm. is like next level, like, no, you don't fuck with this chick. And uh he did, because they, they're so madly in love and the dad finds out and is like, well, go get me a Silmaril, which to those who watch Lord of the Rings would be kind of similar to saying, go get the one ring. Because that's yeah. for, for the Silmarillion, like that was the more focused, the one that the Silmarils, which were, I don't even remember like what power, if they had powers or what, but it was something everyone was fighting over. But yeah, and then he goes and fucking gets it. <laughs> and it's uh, and the best, the, the hero of the story being Juan the Hound, which is like way cooler than anybody else in the story because he just fucks <laughs> everyone up. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know. Have you have you two read like all the books, or are you just like a? Uh, I'm actually in the middle of reading Silmarillion, uh, oh, so I'm okay. currently reading that. I have read The Hobbit a thousand times. I have read uh, all the Lord of the Rings a thousand times. Well, I mean, technically it's one book, right? But mm -hmm. um, I have read it a thousand times, and then I have seen the movie even more times. I mean, I basically grew up. Uh, my mom got me into it at a really young age, so she read me The Hobbit when I was really young, and so I didn't really fully remember it. But then she took me to see The Fellowship of the Ring, and then I was obsessed. From there on out and then i read the hobbit later on like elementary school and then i read all the lord of the rings um in junior high and so i basically just like obsessed over tolkien uh 
everything about him I think is amazing. The whole reason that I am learning like a thousand different languages is because Tolkien could speak 35 different languages. And I just, I think he is just a man after my own heart. I think he is the greatest writer, the greatest linguist to ever exist, honestly. I think he's just, he just writes so beautifully and I love it. Yeah, it's funny. People make fun of us like as anarchists or ancaps or whatever is being like autists and we kind of are, but he was like next level. Like he legit, <laughs> for those unaware, he legit. He like, wrote his he, first language. Yeah. He wrote his first language by the time he was a teenager. Yeah, and then he like legit made complete languages for each one of these these uh, races within the, the world of the Lord of the Rings. He even then created separate dialects. Like it was retarded. It was <laughs> it was insane. Like, but yeah. Uh, so how old are you? Just just uh, if you don't mind me asking, because I'm kind of curious. Like, how... I'm 25. Okay. All right. Cool. Let's go. I guess. Yeah. So, so I guess I'm like 30. So I'm a little bit older than you. So, mm -hmm. so you did, you were kind of like in the middle, like you discovered this around the heat of when the, the hype of the movies, I mean, don't get me wrong. I got involved with at the beginning of the hype. Uh, cause like I, the fellowship. Um, but yeah, no, that's interesting. I always make fun of my wife for being a poser. Cause she has a uh, Elvish tattoo and she mm -hmm. like, does, hasn't even read a bit. Like she's just not interested at all. But she, whatever. <laughs> like she's not as much of a nerd as I am, but it's all good. Uh, so which uh, which has been your favorite book so far? Fellowship of the Ring. Really? It's my favorite okay. movie. It's my favorite book. Yeah. Was it just nostalgia, or do you or you legit think it's better? I think it's the best. Okay. <laughs> I know a lot. I know a lot of people like. I know a lot of people like The Hobbit. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's good too. But I. I mean, I didn't like The Hobbit the movie. To be honest, I wasn't the biggest fan of the movie. Well, movies. I mean, it didn't really need to be movies they made it anyway because you know money so yeah well it's like a it's it's it sucks for like people watching it now because to me the hobbit is the best and i feel like that's most people think really that, like for book wise not movies i'm talking about book wise uh personally i mean i don't know i guess i can see maybe where you're coming from i feel like maybe you're a little bit blinded by nostalgia i don't see how <laughs> you could objectively say uh fellowship is a superior product to hobbit but really? i mean whatever to each his own yeah i mean personally i mean that's how i see it I mean, maybe I'm wrong. It's it's we're why? all just talking opinions. I don't know. Yeah, it, just had, it, it had a much lighthearted feel to The Hobbit. It was it read because I feel like uh, Tolkien has a problem. Maybe not even a problem where sometimes he gets way too almost like history book mode or more like boring. But I know something well, about The Hobbit. Focus on the lore. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I'm not not knocking. Well, the thing it's is, great, if, you, if but... you noticed with like all of his books, he focuses mainly on the lore of the books, mm. right? So if you were to like read the books and like go over like character description, he doesn't really describe the characters very much as you would get like a whole other level with like, you know, movies obviously, because they have to, they have to like go yeah. above and beyond, which is why they ended up making like fake characters for the Hobbit movies. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, Tolkien's focus on the lore of all the book, which is why it feels like you're reading a history book. Yeah, which I mean, that's why I actually, for me, I mean, saying The Hobbit is my favorite is a little bit of a misnomer. The Hobbit and The Silmarillion are both my favorite, but for two different reasons. Like, the the I feel like the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy is kind of like this in-between, like, to where, like, The Hobbit is, like, lighthearted and fun mm -hmm. and, um, I don't know, just, just that lighthearted and fun, really. And then then the Silmarillion is the lore. It's expansive. It's, like, badass. There's, like, all this crazy shit going on. It's, like, it's very much that. Whereas then the Lord of the Rings is, like, this in-between, which I guess maybe I just, like, I like them both for the different reasons, but then, like, the Lord of the Rings is not enough of either to me, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. That's the way I see it, but, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, 
but also like i'm assuming you probably didn't care for the hobbit movies i didn't yeah they're pretty i didn't at all (laughs) i mean they had a fairly good cast like i I could see like the people who they chose like as the right characters the problem was is that it was way too it was it was just way overdone i didn't i didn't get the same feeling watching it as i would reading the hobbit whereas i feel like the lord of the rings movies are a perfect edition of all the books like it's just perfectly done Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, sorry, I got distracted. My boss literally just texted me. He saw my Anatomy of the State episode, and he was like, "Oh, I just saw it. I'm have to read it now." I'm like, "Oh shit!" Sorry, that tried to. <laughs> that, 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 was, that was a good little, good little white pill just out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, it, I don't think it definitely didn't need to be a trilogy. And uh, the point I was getting at, though, well, it didn't that, need to be. The Hobbit yeah. is a smaller book than yeah. To Kill a Mockingbird. It should be like one <laughs> movie tops, like tops two. You know what I mean? Like tops, and even then, that's pushing it. But, I mean, the whole point I'm getting is I feel like now people reading The Hobbit might be a little bit – uh, it may fuck up their uh, impression of it because they had the crappy movie, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess sort of for younger people that may may mess with their bias. Not that you're that much younger than me or anything. Um, <laughs> so, why did you start a channel? Because, I mean, you have – for those who are um, aware, you have like – you have like 160,000 sub channel. You've been doing it for, what, a few years? You have like 30-something yeah. videos. Um, I mean, it's funny actually. So I used to have a separate YouTube channel that's gone now. Um, oh, okay. I took I it down. The little, the little like there wasn't enough. I'm like, how did you get that with that many? Well, it, well, the funny thing is, it had no followers on it. But I had to take it down because I was applying to college and I was in high school at the time. And funny enough, so if you were to look at my current YouTube channel, you will see that I started off in 2017 as sort of a maga chick. But the funny thing is, if you were to see like. If you were to meet me, I would say like 10 years ago, you would not recognize me. I had blue hair. I was in a punk rock band. I played the drums. I was a skateboarding chick. I wore oversized flannels. I had like the dirtiest Converse every single day. Like I was such a little punk kid and I was a true to heart anarchist. So I actually originally got into politics when I was 13 years old uh, because of Alex Jones. Um, I used to play World of Warcraft a lot uh, growing up, and I found Alex Jones, a link to an Alex Jones rant through a World of Warcraft forum, and that is essentially how I found Alex Jones, that's essentially how I started learning about um, just everything going on in the world, you know, especially around the time it was, I think, Bush and Obama, there was a whole issue around Obama was running for president. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're good. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. So, yeah, it was around the time that Obama was running for president, and I just remember all my parents were super into Obama because you know they were the typical white wine Democrats who used to be hippies. It's funny actually. My parents used to protest Vietnam in the 1960s, and then it was really interesting to me for me to watch after Obama's first term for them to still support Obama after his drone strikes. Um. And just watch them support, be so gung-ho about Obama. I think that's what really, like, pushed me over the edge of the whole thing. So I got into Alex Jones about 13 years old. And that's actually, like, funny enough, Alex Jones is the one who got me into anti-police brutality. And so when I was about 15 years old, that's when I started learning more about 9-11. That's when I started learning more about, uh, you know, things going on in the Middle East, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, I mean, I was sort of already kind of diving into that because I grew up in Berkeley, California. I was raised by liberals. So like hating Bush was kind of in my DNA. Um, But like when I really found Alex Jones, that's like what really got me into, okay, like what's really going on with like, you know, what's happening in the Middle East. Like that's when I started learning about building number seven and all that stuff. And then when I was a junior in high school, 
That just happened to be the same year Julian Assange happened, Snowden happened, and Ross Ulbrich uh, went under trial. So for that, all of that to happen within my teen years, the most, you know, the time where I'm basically like sucking in everything like a sponge, that's what really got me into politics, actually. So I was actually a huge anarchist growing up. And so I was naturally very rebellious in high school. I used to cause a lot of problems for my principal and my teachers. And I used to debate all my teachers about pretty much everything. And when I was growing up, sorry. <laughs> um, and so I was growing up, I, I basically found a reason to sort of be controversial as possible, to basically like rant and rave about anything as much as possible. For example, there was uh, one situation where my principal, uh, she basically yelled at us over the intercom because, you know, it was summertime, it was springtime, girls wearing booty shorts and tank tops and whatnot, it was against the dress code. And our principal basically said, this is not a beach. And I remember thinking to myself, how funny would it be if we all showed up tomorrow dressed in swim trunks, we brought surfboards, we brought beach balls, we brought lawn chairs, we brought towels, and we basically turned the entire like lawn into a beach. And so I remember just saying that jokingly. And next thing I know, there was a Facebook group adding everyone from the school. And the next day, everyone showed up in swimsuit trunks, people wore bikini tops over their t-shirts, people brought beach balls, people brought floaties, like it was just the funniest thing in the world. And I ended up getting detention for it. Of course. And uh, there were several other situations, too, where, you know, I wasn't exactly a, a, the most golden child of, you know, my school, where I used to just I used to start, just start, start random protests, basically. There was one situation where I was like, guys, what if we just started clapping, right? What if we just started clapping and everyone else to clap? I guarantee you, if we clap and no one around us understands why we're clapping, they'll still clap. I want to see how far this can go, right? So all me and my friends started clapping. Like just like cheering for no apparent reason whatsoever. Next thing we know, all the people around us looked at us and they started clapping. They started cheering because they had no idea what we were cheering. They think like you know maybe some somebody's birthday or something. We had no idea. We ended up getting like half of the school courtyard to clap and not know why they were clapping. And then I ended up getting into the principal's office to get yelled at because apparently it was like a fire hazard because because of the clapping you couldn't hear the fire drill or something. I don't know. But I I was just basically always just rebellious and always, you know, questioning a system. And there was a situation where I basically took three days off of school to go to San Diego to protest Sea World. Um and yeah, that's just basically who I was all throughout high school. And then uh I remember my parents, I had a YouTube channel where I was basically ranting about all this stuff. I was basically talking you know, talking poorly about the school system and the government. My parents are like, you gotta leave this channel because you're not getting into college. They're gonna see this and they're gonna be like, oh, someone take the problem child, you know? And so I deleted my channel because I wanted to go to college, which was stupid of me, honestly. I thought, I think that some of that stuff was my best work ever. Um, and then when I went to college, I called myself libertarian because I wanted to seem more mature than anarchist. And uh, later on, Trump came along and he's like, I'm going to pardon Julian Assange. I'm going to pardon Ulbrich. I'm going to pardon Snowden. I'm, I'm going to stop the wars in the Middle East. And I'm like, this guy's great. This is our guy. And I became a huge MAGA chick, only for me to just watch this guy <laughs> send more and more missiles into the Middle East, continually sending uh, strikes into Syria. And he didn't pardon Julian Assange. He didn't pardon Ulbrich. He didn't pardon Snowden, which is one of those things where it's like, you're the biggest disappointment of my life. And you know, I, I look back at a lot of my old videos and I sort of just like see this character in a way that just, I, I don't really, that's not me. That's not who I am as a person. Uh, you know, like that cute blonde girl who really loves America. That's, that's, that's a character. Mm. And I feel like a lot of people got really attached to that girl and just really wanted to hang on to that. But the thing is, that's not who I am. 
I feel like a lot of who I was was basically just like a stockpile of like other people telling me what they wanted me to be. And it really actually affected my mental health for a long time. And I think when I started focusing my true beliefs and who I am as a person, I, I did, you know, have a better understanding of myself again, and which is really relieving. Yeah. No, you were like in your early twenties. So like, I don't, you kind of really can't even hold too much against you. Like for example, there was a recent debacle, which I don't know if you saw Olivia Rondo. Like, I'm not even really familiar with her, but she's like 20. Mm-hmm. She yeah. said she said something. She's like a black chick. She's a uh, like kind of famous or, or semi famous, like internet famous mm-hmm. within these circles. Uh, I don't know why I use the word famous, but well known. Yeah, she uh, she does work for Tim Pool. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, he said something about uh, Rothbard being racist, and like someone clipped it, and like, but she was in the way she was wording it was she clearly was like unsure. She was kind of like, well, I think I heard. Like, she was clearly talking on something she didn't know much about. Yeah, I've been in that same situation. Like, I've done work for InfoWars, and the most famous clip of me is walking around the microphone saying they're eating rats in Venezuela, which they are. Mm. But is it the best argument? (laughs) No. So, I mean, people often forget that, like, these girls are being picked up at a very early age. Lauren Southern was 19 years old. Shoe on Head, when she first got started, I think, was, like, 19 years old. Mm. Um... And the, and the MAGA people just latched onto her, despite her telling people that she was a Bernie Sanders supporter. Everyone expected her to be a certain way because she wasn't the typical woke, you know, character, you know. And so people expected her to be a certain way. And so they bring up these girls from a very young age and expect them to play these characters for them. You know, and I, I feel like a lot of times we don't know what we're talking about because we're this is all new to us right? Mm-hmm. Where were you yeah. when you were 20 years old? When you're 20 years old, and even like when I was 15, 16, even though I feel like I relate most to my ideologies at 15, 16, that re- rebellion spunk, you know? I didn't know shit about the world. I really didn't. I don't know what the heck I was talking about. I don't know what I was talking about back then. I honestly might change my opinions in the next five years from now. Who knows? Yeah. And that, that's the whole point of life, is that we're not going to get every single thing right. We're going to constantly be trying to figure in, like, how the world works and that's okay i think it's so weird how in the political world everyone's like well you used to believe this years and years ago like this isn't like joe biden supporting the afghan war 20 years ago okay because he was like what like 60 back then Uh, yeah yeah, we're talking about a bunch we're talking (laughs) about a bunch of girls and boys in their early 20s who are still figuring the world out some of these kids don't have to pay taxes yeah and you expect them to know everything about politics like god yeah, no, there's this weird, and there's a phenomenon too. It seems to be especially with like younger women, where like, I mean, obviously, like there's the, the simple fact with dudes where they get kind of it, it blow up in popularity. But you do need to remember, like, they're still young. There is still like, I don't know there is a forgiving amount. Like, I'm 30 and I still barely know what the fuck's going on in life. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, there very much is that. Yeah, that was kind of what I was getting at with her, where like she said that out of context, and she clearly didn't really know, and everyone just jumped down her throat, and it's like, what the f- like. I mean, obviously, I don't agree with her at all. I don't think Rothbard's racist at all. Like, I, well, oh, yeah, of course awesome. she's not. Like, but, like, she clearly, I guarantee you, if someone sat down with her and were like, well, okay, and then politely was like, well, where, where are you getting this from? They'd probably hash it out real quick. But everyone just dragged her and was like, look at this fucking idiot. And like, whoa. Like, she never claimed to be a subject matter expert. Like, I mean, anyone listening, it's in my show. Well, yeah, I'm not a subject a matter expert. I mean, she was asking a question, right? Yeah, well, something like I don't remember the exact that's, context. That's the it was, problem it was with, with with today is that people can't ask questions anymore, and they can't make mistakes. Like that's the thing is that people change all the time. People review things all the time. I think that's we have to sort of encourage that. If anything, if people ask questions, you answer them. 
if people have certain opinions they want to fully understand, you talk to them about it. We live in a world, I feel like years ago, okay, when people got a newspaper on their front doorstep, right? They would go to their neighbors and talk about it. Hey, what do you think about this going on in the world? What do you think about this? People don't talk anymore. We're always on our phones obsessing over Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and whatnot that we're too afraid to actually have like heart-to-heart conversations that we're addicted to social media. We rather just yell at people on social media. Yeah. We've forgotten how to be human and how to have basic human communication. Mm-hmm. So what what do you attribute you blowing up so much? Because I mean I was blown away when you, when you when you contact boobs. I mean that's a clear clearly honestly but... <laughs> MAGA hat and boobs, which again, which is why I tell people like that's a character. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not that person anymore. That is a character. That's a person I used to be a long time ago. And even at the time, I don't think I actually was that person. The old Alex I remember Jones when I was <laughs> I love Alex Jones. I know he's awesome, but I, I don't know if you know, I guess it. No, he's awesome, but I, I guess I'm was. actually I was I was having sort of a hissy fit the other day because mm. I'm 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 good friends with Owen Schroyer, and so when I heard what happened, I just broke down crying uh, no, what, because what, these are people I care about. You know, I never actually worked for them, happened? and I, I never. Did I miss? Uh, Owen Schroyer is like being uh, he's being charged oh, yeah, yeah, with yeah, being yeah, at the Capitol. Really, he wasn't okay, even okay, in the okay. building. Yeah. Um, but it's just like these are people I know and love and care about, and no matter what political beliefs they are, you may think they're horrible people whatever because their political beliefs but when it, when it's on a personal level and you know these people like that's when it, like it really just starts to hit you home you know like i i personally don't think i feel like if you were dumb enough to go in the capitol and film like if it's like if you're like a little old lady right and you were like just walking in that's one thing but if like you were dumb enough to go into the capitol like offices and like touch stuff and grab stuff like don't get me wrong i'm against the police state 100 percent but you know what you were doing. Like, if you didn't think you get in trouble for that, you weren't thinking. But Owen Schroer was, I mean, I, I, okay, wasn't even in the building. Yeah. Owen Schroer wasn't even in the building. Yeah. No, I, I don't know about that, though. Because even then, I seem to be – I mean, I don't claim to be an expert on the, the January 6th shit. Uh, it, it did seem to be there was this weird mob effect. And oh, there was, was a like, PSYOP for sure. So it was it 100% seemed, a yeah. PSYOP. But yeah. if you were dumb enough – if you were dumb enough to go into an office of Nancy Pelosi or whoever else and touch stuff and take stuff from the office. Like, yeah, that, 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 that's you being stupid. Okay. I I do not agree with the police state. Like you're going to fight the the police state. If you're going to fight the police state, be smart about it. And again, like I will stand for like the, the little old ladies who just walk in because the police let them in. The people who like didn't do anything crazy, just walked in. Those people should not be in jail. Those people should not be harassed. Yeah. Well, I mean, my point I was getting is I don't even think that most of these people like, are, I actually, even really understood the gravity of the situation. So, yeah, they thought maybe I'm going to get in trouble, but, like, not hemmed up like they're getting now. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. It, it like, definitely got blown out of proportion, I will say that. But yeah. if you're going to fight the police state, you have to be smart about it. And this well, is I coming agree. from someone who hates the police state. Mm-hmm. I got a whole lot of flack from Trump supporters about making an anti-cop video. And if you're one of those Trump people who like, like witness January 6th and you still make excuses for cops, why? Yeah. Also, if you're one of those people, I'm just surprised that Trump has a base still to begin with, especially after everything that he's done. He didn't pardon Julian Assange or Ross Ulrich or Snowden. He continued to put us into the Middle East. Okay. I think, I don't think Biden did the right. I don't think Biden did it properly, but I am glad they were finally out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Although I'll go into that a little bit. I have my own suspicions about that. Um, yeah, I'm cautious. How, how Trump still has, a, like, Trump didn't pardon any of the people who were there on January 6th. 
He doesn't care about you. Like, why? How does he still have a base? But uh, going into like what's going on with Afghanistan, I, I feel like, yes, I, mean, I am happy we fled Afghanistan. I am happy that we're out of there. But the fact we left all of those weapons behind in Afghanistan and top it off, we're only leaving for a benefit of the government. Let me make that very clear, okay? The only reason that we're leave, leaving Afghanistan, and this is my theory, okay, before anyone comes at me, I think Joe Biden is going to bring the military back to the U.S. and put them on the streets to confiscate weapons, to confiscate anything. I think it's going to be more of a police state here because I think Joe Biden is basically moving the military from Afghanistan to here. Yeah, I, I, I really I, I do. Would disagree. Uh, I think. Also, I, there's I no think point. There's moving... no point in fighting Afghanistan if there's a war on information. Yeah. I disagree on that point because I know I've heard people say that, but I literally just got out of the military, active duty. I was in for 11 years. I just I couldn't do any more. I kind of set mm -hmm. up my ducks in a row to where I had I was able to sort of get out. I'm still like, you know, I just got out. So I mean, I'm a little still, I guess, sort of financially unstable. So I, I, why I'm, I'm else would he break? Why, why why else? Like do you like it's not because oh. he's a good person. He's like, no, oh, we got definitely not. I mean, yeah. I think there's financial incentives. I mean, there's probably other shit behind the scenes. There's probably a whole a bajillion different reasons, but my point being is I do think that that is where it's going because I mean during my time in I did notice a shift in the culture, uh, and I I don't want to be very clear I was not combat I was a mechanic but still it's a okay. similar ish culture. Uh, if anything I feel like the combat guys are probably more so that culture that like blue collar you know good old boys and I just don't see that being doable. Like I like I, I know I know I'm not I'm not like trying to be like you know argue that it's not like a status thing of them or whatever but, but i just time, don't see the like the police people can argue the police are just quote unquote doing their job yeah doesn't mean their job is okay no i agree i just i don't okay. see that being uh i really feel like that would be such a massive shift for the combat military or military in general to start doing that they would be like whoa wait wait what like cops it's like it's implied in the job from the get-go uh, mm -hmm. I do think, though, I, to your point, I do think we're like within a decade or two away from that being the culture of the military. Because during the time I was in, I have seen a culture shift, and they have tried to imply incentives that would shift the culture that way. So I have mm -hmm. seen that. I'm not. I'm not all like uh, this. Isn't me like standing for the military at all? I think what me being, I totally think me being in the military was immoral, and I think it was unproductive for towards you know, mm -hmm. towards liberty. But, you know, like, I just don't see I'm not, this isn't me standing for them. I just think just logistically, I just think that would be a, a nightmare for them to try to apply it right now. But like a decade or two, maybe even less. Like, OK, maybe. But maybe maybe this is their way of uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of um, setting up that like to for the future to kind of set the, you know, set the ball and play. But it's, I don't think it's doable at this very moment. So, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I think this country is going to, to hell in a handbasket. Uh, so uh, it, it, that's could be, you know, five years out, 10 years out. I mean, so that's that's not a very long time, but I, I don't think it's doable right now, you know, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's my, I mean, I could be wrong. I like I said, I'm not combat, so I'm not in the, that, that like circle, but like it was similar culture from my understanding from those who were. So I just don't see it doable, but it's, I don't think it's very far off, <laughs> it, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it does kind of allow them to be able to kind of set things up that way though. But yeah. So let's, let's shift. I kind of want to talk about how 2020, how this has affected you. Cause I know a lot of you listen was like, what the fuck? And you're in Cali. So, or you were actually, I, I am based in Florida now. So I'm moving to Florida officially. 
Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm leaving California, but yeah, I basically lived there my entire life, you know, excluding the times I lived in New York and Austin and London and DC. But yeah, I, I basically lived in California, Berkeley, California, my entire life, the majority of my life. Yeah. Well, well how, so how's uh, 2020? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Cause I have a feeling you're not. 2020 was definitely pretty horrible. I mean, I, I definitely broke the rules. I'm not going to lie. Like I still went to work. I still traveled quite a bit. Like I, you know, I went, I went around forever i went basically um i was in new hampshire in 2021 which was so fun so fun i still can't believe i've never been to pork fest it was so great um but yeah i uh california is definitely losing everything which is why i'm moving to florida so yeah As, did did, did uh, that shift up your thinking at all i know even for me even though i was an anarchist before 2020 it's still very much like uh, one thing I've said frequently is it kind of shifted my thinking from being like from theory into practice. I think it affected everyone. Like I think everyone's yeah. a little bit more like this is a little ridiculous because mm -hmm. here's the thing. Everyone I know, even those who are like vaccinated, they will tell you like the vaccination passports are a little weird. Like they're mm -hmm. a little sketchy. It's all over like, OK, I'm not saying COVID is nothing, but like I legit me and my whole family literally just went through having it. For me, mm -hmm. honestly, my kids handled it better than I did. For me, yeah. I had like a day or two where I felt like shit. And then I kind of mm -hmm. felt like tired for like a week. And that was about it. And I had like a lingering cough and I was fine. And don't get me wrong. I'm 30 years mm -hmm. old. I'm in decent shape. My kids are kids. But it's still like this was all over that. Like, and you know what? We stayed home and like we now we have natural immunity. So it's like, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not I'm no fucking doctor, but it's just like it doesn't. I don't know. Some of the arguments are being made to. And I'm not saying no one should get vaccinated, but th th even the idea that we're going to mandate it, that we're going to have vax passports. I don't anyway, know. The fact that we have a vaccination much. passport, the fact that this vaccine was developed within less than a year, the fact that they're pushing it so hard. Like, if they were not pushing it so hard, I think more people would be down to get it. Mm. It's the fact that they're pushing it so hard that makes it kind of sketchy. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and then also, I mean, I don't know your thoughts on this, but the, the big... Um, and you, you kind of said you, earlier that you're uh, you're not you don't really see yourself as an ANCAP or an calm. You're kind of an anarchist about objective. Uh, the objective. reason why I say that is because every anarcho-communist I meet and every anarcho-capitalist I meet believe in the exact same things. And they will never admit they believe in the exact same things. Anarcho-communists believe in having guns. Anarcho-communists do not believe in any sort of government whatsoever. Like, they also believe in, like, burning the pedophiles and burning down the corporations the same way ANCAPs do. The problem that happens with the ANCOM thing, though, is – I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm actually kind of agreeing with you. Is mm -hmm. The problem with the ANCOM thing is there's too many ANCOMs out there who claim the title of ANCOM, and they're just communists. <laughs> and uh, Yeah. Funny, I literally yeah. just covered uh, with Ace Arcus on Twitter. I just covered – it'll probably be released by the time this comes out. I just covered Benjamin Tucker, who was a, noticed, a noted anarcho-socialist. And he legit, like, we we broke down the entire essay. And he legit is basically from, I mean, he has a little bit of, a, they have a little bit of economic differences, like slight economic, like, differences in their thought. But for the most part, almost everything is damn near the same. He's basically describing anarcho-capitalism. So it's like, if you just have to, you just shift the terms. Like, that's it. And that's was like, the main crux of our, of that, really, the, the moral of that entire episode between me and Ace is, like, all of this shit is, like, you guys get so we get so caught up on terms of like, well, are you socialist or are you capitalist? And it's like maybe you should figure out what they mean. Like, what's the intention behind that word they're using? 
Because if you're describing the same thing and you're arguing over a word, you're arguing over mouth sounds. That's all you're arguing over. <laughs> so it, it makes no goddamn sense, you know? So, um, but yeah, like, oh, fuck, I forgot what my point was. Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, no, I know what I was going to talk about. Uh, uh, with the Vax passports, like the big move this past year has been everyone's, especially amongst the liberty, liberty types, has been, there's been a lot of these kinds that like stand for the uh, fucking private and they go, oh, look at these, like, well, the, they're being done through the private sector, so it's okay. Like, it's a private company, bro. You know, that kind of shit. Like, I, I'm assuming you probably have a similar thoughts on that. I don't know if you want to elaborate. Are you, I'm assuming you don't buy that argument. Correct me if I'm wrong. Say that again? Because uh, the big thing is within our, our circles, the liberty circles, is they argue that a lot of this shit is coming down from private companies. And that's true. For example, the mass mandates, it was... It was the the government mandated it that the the well yeah the I think people understand that that yeah. large corporations and big government work hand in hand yeah. because a lot of these large corporations would not exist without government incentives right mm -hmm. corporations exist because government exists that's a fact of life these corporations would not be where they are now if it weren't for the government's help they are products of the government I mean like they are in can't fact be a corporation without government approval. They are literally a product of the government. So they are a product yeah. of the government, and they push for more government by paying the government off. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree, and that, that's that's where a lot of our kind, and this is where I feel like we need to get past some of it. I'm not necessarily saying you should look past the bad sides of, you know, whatever thought space, but you know, especially amongst like the anarchists and socialists, it's kind of like a lot of times you guys, if you guys would just see. Like one, a lot of times focuses on the on the on the private. One focuses on the public, and it's like they're both fucking you to some extent. So like, I mean, don't get me wrong; it's all at the same time the state because like the corporations, like I said, are the state. But for some reason, we as like liberty types tend to give them some sort of fucking exemption. Like, oh well, you know, they're they're private. Like, no, they're not. I mean, like, yeah, maybe you can't say they're hundred percent the government, but they're not a uh, hundred percent private either. That's for damn sure, you know. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. Um. Yeah, is there anything else you want to touch on while I had you here? Because uh, <laughs> all right, whatever uh, we want to talk about, honestly, I'm, I'm, I mean, that's all I really had to say. I mean, what else did you want to talk about from me? Oh no, that's good. I just didn't know if there's any other things that were that are on your mind that you're thinking. Of. We kind of hit all the main points so far. Uh, but with that, you want to go ahead and drop your plugs? Sure. Uh, my name is Ashton A S H T O N. And it's Birdie, B-I-R-D-I-E. So it's Ashton Birdie. And I am on YouTube and Instagram. And yeah, that's pretty much it because I keep getting banned everywhere else. So check me out on Instagram and YouTube as Ashton Birdie. Yeah, definitely go check her out. I was a little hesitant at first. I mean, call me sexist, whatever. But then I started listening <laughs> to her talking and I'm like, holy shit, she knows her stuff. I watched your Federal Reserve episode. I was like, Thank you. My favorite, that's my favorite video I've ever made, by the way. I, yeah. I feel like we don't talk about the Federal Reserve enough at all. I feel like the fact we don't talk about them in schools is absolutely insane. And the fact that this is all public information mm -hmm. and nobody seems to care. Or at least no one seems to know. That's the crazy part. But the Federal Reserve is something I feel like definitely look up Jekyll Island, find out like what happened there. Trust me, it's it's a pretty big deal. So yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, like it was kind of because like when I first started watching videos, it kind of, and I don't mean this in an insulting way. It's actually kind of good, but it's like you kind of have like a bubblegum, cheery aesthetic. And then so I was like, <laughs> I assumed, you know, you just assume like kind of bubbly, you know, dumbness, and you're like, holy shit, like no, she knows what she's <laughs> talking about. Like she's got like, you know, what I mean, like you kind of threw me for a loop because I mean, whatever. I have my people have their preconceived notions and they they kind of have that aesthetic because it's kind of like. <laughs> 
give a little bit of the shoe on head format a little bit. And that's not, a, I'm not even saying that that's <laughs> bad. It, it definitely works and people like that. And that's good. Uh, we need more of that. And obviously you appeal to a certain crowd that I think uh, is disaffected right now. And uh, I think should, we should be pulling over to our side. Like, Hey, you, you know how you guys are all concerned about the election integrity? Like what makes you think it won't do it again? Like, uh, you know, like, I mean, it's kind of that perfect inroads. I feel like you're a good example of that. You were like one of those anarchists who kind of fell into it, which I can see the uh, allure. There were a lot of anarchists that did that, fell into the Trump phenomenon for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Uh, Oops. With, that, with that, though, uh, my uh, my plugs, No Way Jose, YouTube channel, I'm all the, all the major podcatchers. Uh, I'm on Odyssey. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, I'm, I have a lot of fun on there, at Galley San Jose. I haven't got booted yet. One day, maybe I will. Somehow, I don't know how I pulled that off. Um, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. With that, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. All right, thanks.